What's up, independent insurance agents? Are you finally fed up with the massive amounts of time, money, resources being allocated to customer service within your agency? Is this causing your agency growth and revenue to become stagnant or even decline? The answer to this frustration is Glovebox, the premier mobile and web self-servicing solution made by successful independent insurance agents just like us, specifically for independent insurance agencies. Guys, this is the only platform with direct carrier connections. Glovebox gives your clients the power to engage within their writing carriers and you, their agency, in a single, easy-to-use platform. Mention the Insurance Guys podcast and get 20% off of your monthly subscription for life, guys. For life. This isn't an intro deal. This is for life. Schedule your demo with Glovebox today. Thanks. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys Podcast. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for I Protect Insurance and Financial Services, based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome, he is a six foot three sophomore from Sarah Land, Alabama, parade first team All-American, rivals five-star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? Great, Scott. How are you today? Best I have ever been. Ladies and gentlemen, I am in Mobile, Alabama. I walk into a Chick-fil-A this morning at 745 right next to the Battle House Hotel, and I'm minding my own business. I got my headphones on, been doing a little walking this morning because I'm trying to lose some weight. And a guy about 25 feet from me goes, Scott! And I look at him, and I think to myself, I have no idea who that is. That happens to me all the time. So he kind of waves me over. He's at a table with another guy. And I go over there, and man, you would have thought we were best friends. I have no idea who this person was. I think he might have been back from my hometown of Hamilton, Even still? Really? I have no idea who it was. Stood there (laughs) and talked. Hey, it gets better. Listen to this, y'all. So I get through eating, and I got my wife. My wife's down here with me this week too. And uh, so I get through eating, and I stand up. I, I, you know, hadn't. I'd been kind of on a wall that separated us, so he couldn't really see me. But I stood up to leave, and he was still there with a friend of his. And I said, "Man, it was good to see you. Y'all, y'all have a great day." And he said, "Yeah, come see us." And I thought, "Shit, I don't know who in the hell this is." I still don't know. It who might it was. be somebody from Mobile that you've met at an event or something, maybe like that. That happens um, to me all the time. I'll, though I'll top it. Can I top it, please? So I was in Cabo, right back in December. Me and my wife went to the LeBlanc Resort in Cabo. Highly recommend. We cannot afford to go there. They were doing a buy one get two mm. free or something like that. So we went with a couple people. And uh, last day there, and I checked Instagram, and I have an Instagram DM from someone that says, "Hey." Are you at the LeBlanc Resort in Cabo? Like, this is a podcast listener. I'm like, yeah. I just saw your wife at the pool. <laughs> like, God, dog. <laughs> you know, anyway. Yeah, that's uh, when you go that far away and somebody walks up and recognizes you, it's really different. It's like, uh, I would highly recommend to all the podcast listeners here if you haven't read the book on Audible, you need to do it on Audible because this guy actually narrates his own book, but it's called Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey, and it is a fantastic book. Jason Cass actually recommended it to me. But he talks about the film A Time to Kill, where he was Jake Brigant's the lead role in that film, and he has this story about two days before it came out, he walks onto the promenade down wherever he was living at the time to go get a sandwich, and there's three or 400 people standing around, walking around, and Nobody recognizes him. Nobody knows who he is besides two or three people that had recognized him from his first film, which was uh, Dazed and Confused. Dazed and Confused. Two days later, that Friday night, Time to Kill comes out. Number one movie in the theaters. Two days after that, he walks, same promenade, three or four days later, walks down there. Every person there recognizes him. Mm -hmm. And he said uh, that was the first time he realized, I'm famous. Mm-hmm. I'm famous. And his whole life changed, of course. It's crazy. Guys, we got a great episode for you today. Bradley, you have been on pins and needles for me to tell this story before we introduce our guest today. Would does, you like for me to... Does Side know the story? Side does not know the story, and I will introduce him shortly. Can I frame it up? Please. Scott has become a professional at Bomb. Mm. 
if you're familiar with BombBomb, it's kind of like Loom where you can send a video proposal. Mm-hmm. BombBomb's a little different in that it's branded to your agency as a link to your website, and it gives a thumbnail that's a GIF mm-hmm. uh, or GIF, mm-hmm. depending on which part of the country you're in. Mm-hmm. And Scott has been sending video proposals to underwriters and all kind of stuff. And he's a personality. He should be a comedian. And he, he BCCs me on some of these uh, just, just so I can see. And I'm always excited when I get one. <laughs> and I got one the other day uh, that Scott sent to a carrier rep uh, for a carrier, which will not be mentioned. Although... When you consider carrier commercial carriers that are hard to get appointed with, it won't take you long to process of elimination to figure out which one of the few it is. But anyway, take it away, Scott. So I send this video, bomb bomb video, to the southeastern regional vice president of sales and his administrative assistant. I'll just let you listen to this master's class on how to get a carrier appointment, and you know the the extreme nature. Well, you- you re- you reached out, correct? Reached out, did the normal, go to their website, mm-hmm. fill out the little form that everybody fills out, which by the way guys is just that's you're going to get an automatic no from that, so get ready for that. So they send me this this letter in the mail, and that letter said, "Thanks for filling out our form. We are not giving you an appointment." And you probably got, if I had to guess, got the letter so fast Mm. that it was painfully obvious that it was automated. They didn't even look at your application. Correct. Okay. Correct. So I think this is an important story to tell on the podcast because it's hilarious. (laughs) The fact that Scott did it makes it more hilarious. And three, I have had no short of 800 agents in the last few years. Hey, how do you get carrier appointments? Mm -hmm. And I tell every single one of them, you have to do something. So what you have to remember 99% of the agents that are talking to carrier reps about appointments have some sort of mom's basement vibe to it. Correct. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but what I mean by that is like average. Mm. And you have to differentiate yourself and show them that you are not average and that you are different from everybody else. And I think, and whether you do Scott's strategy or something else, because to be frank, it could have gone horribly wrong as well. Absolutely. And, and, but, but I think it's important to note that you went into it. Mm-hmm. If this does go horribly wrong, I don't care. It'll be a great story. Well, what do I lose? They've, exactly. already, they've already denied. So I think know. what Scott, whether you do Scott's strategy or you put together a badass business plan, it shows like, hey, this is how you stand out above and beyond and be memorable. So anyway, not to steal away from your story, I wanted to just frame that sure. up, that this is why we're showing this. So guys, this was at 1022 a.m., about uh, three weeks ago. Here we go. Now, I'm going to have Johnny cut out the names and the, the insurance carrier. But once you hear this video and you listen to this audio, I will come back in and tell you what happened 20 minutes after this video was sent via email. Here we go. Good morning. This is Scott Howell with iProtect Insurance Financial Services. I received a couple of weeks ago your, uh, well, I guess it was from the uh, not appointing new independent insurance agency partners in this region. Keep your information on file in the event we determine it appropriate to appoint new agency partners. Really appreciate you guys getting back to me. This will be going up on my wall. I actually love it when I get declinations from insurance carriers that we are not going to give you a contract because it is rocket fuel. So I really appreciate you guys doing this. We're going to do whatever we have to do to secure an appointment with uh, if you guys will give me any more direction on what that needs to be whether it's a book roll whether it's buying an agency that currently has appointment we'll look into that but i really really do appreciate seriously i really appreciate this because this means a lot to me i know it sounds strange but all it does is moves the ball one step forward to greatness for us down here so we look forward to getting our appointment with one day. I will be fired up the day that happens, and it will happen. And until then, keep listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, the largest podcast in the insurance industry for independent agents. And who knows? You guys may actually be talked about on there. So look forward to that, too. Take care. So, Scott, tell everyone what happened. 
immediately after that was sent. That video went out via email at 10.22 a.m. At 10.42 a.m., I looked down at my phone, and my phone was ringing, and it was that carrier's name on my phone. So I Android, so you have caller ID. Correct. So I knew as soon as I saw that name on my phone that this was either going to be good or bad, and I didn't know which way it was going to go. So I answered my phone, and the first thing I didn't I didn't say hello. I didn't say anything else. I said, "I can't believe you just called me that fast." And the person who was the vice president of sales for the southeastern region said, "Hell, I can't get an email like that and not pick up the phone and call you." And so we had about a ten or fifteen minute conversation, a very good conversation, a very blunt conversation about where our agency was and where they were, and. The, you know, all the, the, the things that you would think we would talk about. And as the phone call started wrapping up, he said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to have my marketing manager down there reach out to you, and we will see if we can't secure you guys an appointment for 2022. Mm-hmm. And that's how it ended. And so the point in this story is, guys, no is not an option. You either got to go over the wall, under the wall, through the wall, around the wall, but you've got to, as Bradley said earlier, you've got to get real creative on how. And, and let me tell you the very first thing he said to me. He said, as soon as I got that video, I listened to it, and then I went to your website, and I read your bio, which is a pretty good bio as far as my track record of success and things I've done in my life. Yep. And he said, when I read your bio, I knew you were somebody we wanted to do business with. So... When you it's when you hang it out there, you better have something to back it up. Well, and it's not going to be handed to you. Right. That's the thing. Like, a lot of agents we talk to about this, like, they just want it handed to them. Well, here's my paperwork. Why didn't you appoint me? Mm-hmm. Well, what the hell did you do for the mm-hmm. appointment? You know, mm-hmm. how did you show them that you're doing something different than everybody else? And I think, too, one thing now that's coming to my mind listening to that again is they know that was an automated letter. Sure. Well, by you saying I'm so appreciative of this – they probably felt a little bit bad too. Like we <laughs> yeah. didn't even look at his application. Right. We just sent him this automated letter, yeah. you know, and the thing is too, I mean, even though a video proposal, most of the agents listen to this podcast to most of the agents listen to this podcast, a video proposal is nothing extraordinary, mm-hmm. but to them, these carriers that make their appointments hard to get, typically their agents trend in the direction of, mm-hmm. Pale mail and stale, paper apps, no DocuSign, Mm -hmm. no website, no app, that sort of thing. So to them, that video quote like blew their mind probably. I I cannot tell you guys how many underwriters, how many management people thank me for that bomb-bomb video that I send. That's that's really how I email people now is through just video. It's easier too. It is easier. And and they always come back to me and talk about how unique it was, how much they loved it, blah, 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 blah. So I'm not getting paid by BombBomb, although I should. But I do think that if you will, because because through video, people can see so much more context and your your tone of your voice and the things that you say, they just mean more than just words on an email. And I think that comes through in a video, especially to an underwriter who can see how passionate you may be about mm-hmm. that particular risk or you can get into a little bit more uh, flavor, if you will. But there's, a, there's a nuance, too, where you don't waste their time either. Exactly. You don't send them a 10-minute video. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, no, my videos are usually no more than two to three minutes long. Guys, we've got a fantastic guest on the podcast today. He's a friend of mine. Um, I got to meet him at the Young Agents Conference in t- of Tennessee back in Chattanooga uh, a few years ago now. And, and I, they're just people that you meet in your life that you're drawn to. He and I don't talk a lot, but, it, you know, when he calls me or I call him, we both pick the phone up and usually have a great conversation with each other. And I want to bring him on today because he's been a very successful agent. He's been doing this a long time. And as I always like to tell you guys, he can help all of us move the ball one step forward to greatness. Ladies and gentlemen, he is originally from Alamo, Tennessee, and he currently re- resides in Jackson, Tennessee. He is married to the beautiful Jordan Lee, and they have one beautiful daughter named Eliza. 
He started his insurance career by studying insurance at Mississippi State University, and he is a partner at Haven Insurance Partners and president at Young Hughes Insurance. He has 17, guys, 17 years of experience, and they have offices in Alamo, Tennessee, and Jackson, Tennessee. Huge Mississippi State fan. He is the first-time guest on the Insurance Guys podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my profound honor to introduce to you my friend, Mr. Cy Young. How are you, Cy? I'm good, Scott. How are you? Man, I'm doing the best. Thank you for asking. Probably the coolest name by far. Oh, we've probably ever <laughs> when, had him. When I sent Johnny his email, he said, damn, what a name. Yeah. If Kim and I had another little boy, if we had a little boy, it would be down to Cy or Crash. I'll, it would be a coin flip as to which one of those, either Cy Howell or Crash Howell, as to which one we would choose. Hey, Cy, how'd you get that name? I want to know. So my dad actually was a huge baseball guy. So he uh, he said if he ever had a son, that's where he was going to name it. And somehow he convinced my mom to <laughs> let him do it. So no relation. If I actually met wondering. a Ty Cobb one time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few of those out there. I've, I don't know that I've ever met one. I've seen the name Ty Cobb a few times. Cy, tell us about insurance. I want to talk all things insurance today. Before we do. Go back, get get in get in my DeLorean. There's going to be two big old boys in this DeLorean, but get in my DeLorean. Go back in time. 17 years is a long time, Si. Go back in time. Talk to us about how you got into the insurance business and bring us up to today. All right. So, yeah. So, like you said, I went to Mississippi State. I originally uh, went as part of their professional golf management program and decided that was not what I wanted to do too much hours and not enough money. So I had a fraternity brother that uh, was his dad owned some independent insurance agencies and he was actually getting a degree in insurance. So I took a class, liked it. And so graduated there in 04, bounced around between Nashville and Jackson, Mississippi, working for some captive agencies and then in 2009, we got the opportunity to come back home and worked for an independent here in Jackson for about two and a half, three years, and then got the opportunity to open my own shop and purchase an agency in Alamo, which is Young Hughes, that um, is the only independent agency mm. in the county. Mm. Uh, so bought that in 2013 and then got approached by some guys here in Jackson to start another agency here. And so we started talking about it end of 2019 and February 1st of 2020, we launched an insurance partner. So right before COVID. So, hit, so. so by that rationale, in some ways, you've kind of gone back to the beginning where you've partnered with some guys. I believe you said it was Young Hughes or the guys that you partnered with. Is that correct? And so y'all have gone. Yeah. No, Young Hughes is the it Go was, ahead. Young Hughes is the agency I bought. It was Hughes Insurance Service, but bought that agency and then helped basically start a, a scratch agency with some separate individuals. So has it been has it been strange to kind of feel like in some ways you've gone back again to start something over again this go around? Has that been kind of an unusual experience? It has, but it's been fun. So I mean, because I mean it's true. Mm-hmm. startup i mean we with the the new agency we started working out of one conference room and a buddy's other right. company uh that's where it was formed so it's uh it's been good it's uh we've grown we've got three producers now and we actually acquired another agency, so, so so let me ask you this because we have a lot of people that listen to our podcast that are either starting or have just started or maybe they've only been doing it for a few years that call text email facebook message uh bradley and i with questions related to hey man i'm you know i've been doing this now on my own for six months a year there's going to be a lot of people listening to this that you can help Mm -hmm. and the reason i say that is you you've kind of done this over and over again what what's been the biggest challenge that you would say for both yourself and all these agents that listen to the podcast 
on kind of getting this thing off the ground and building altitude? What What do you think the biggest challenge was? For me, and the currently still is the biggest challenge, uh, is my managing my right. time between the two. Um, but as far as the agency itself, I mean, we got – it was fortunate, you know, we were able to use some of the contracts from Young Hughes. So that wasn't a big, that wasn't right. a huge issue that some people are going to run into, but it's really just getting out there and getting involved. And let, let me ask you a question because there. I've been struggling with that as well, because I started a, a separate company that's not an insurance agency in the last year. And, and I've struggled with that a little bit in, in the way that I do it is I do both at the same time. Some days I'm working on my marketing company. Some mm-hmm. days I'm working on Portal. And it just depends. You know, a month and a half ago, my time was 85% Plimsoll Media, which is the marketing company, and 15% Portal. Right. Now I'm 95% Portal, maybe even more than that, 95%, 98% Portal, 2% media company. We had brought on a bunch of clients, and I was, I, I'm heavily involved in the beginning of that process. Uh, so... But what I thought about in that time was, hey, I wonder if I should go, because I was struggling, I wonder if I should go to more of a rigid schedule where it's like, hey, Monday, Tuesday is Plimsoll Media, right. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Wednesday, Thursday is Portal, and Friday is the Insurance Guys podcast, which is a business in and of itself. Uh, what, do, what do you do, Side? Have you found that perfect combination? Yeah. So what I'm doing right now is I'm splitting two days, at least two days yeah. each in each office. So like Monday, I'm in Alamo. Tuesday, uh, I'm here in Jackson. And Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday, I kind of split just based on what's kind of going on. So uh, I try to commit more rigid, yeah. But, you know, I'm fortunate. My office in Alamo, I mean, it's a 100-plus-year-old agency. I've got a great staff there that they they take care of some stuff uh, when I'm not there and, you know, they're not too far apart. So if I've got to run over there, I, yeah, and I, and I, I think, can. I think so. that's probably too. If, if let's say portal and Plimsoll media, were both in the same industry. We're both insurance agencies. I think the rigid is the better way to go. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of people listening to this that have multiple projects. And I think it's good to hear that. Well, I, I'll tell you something else. Those, those guys were smart in hiring you and bringing you on as a partner because, and you briefly mentioned this earlier. I don't think people, that come from the captive world into independence understand or realize how important it is to have a guy like you that can bring with you processes and procedures, carrier contracts, those types of things that can, you know, shorten that time that, and that's what it takes is just time to build. I remember Bradley, when he started Portal, there was a week, this was about a year and a half ago, probably, maybe a year ago, I call him one day, and this son of a gun had been spending like a month doing written procedures. Do you remember that? And you were you, you were putting them on your, your website, but it was it was like a virtual uh, VPN where they could go in. It's your it's intranet. Intranet, We have an right. internal intranet with written processes on a flow chart right. for our... Not every process, but our core processes are on there. And, and it's not perfect. But, but yeah, we were spending time doing that because in order for me, you know, if I wanted to just be an insurance agent and work in my business every single day, we, we didn't have to do that. Right. But for me and my team to be able to branch out and scale, we had to have those written processes where somebody could sit down and read it. Okay, this is exactly what we do. Mm-hmm. This is how we handle a cancellation. This is how we handle a surplus lines renewal and that sort of thing. Yeah, but you bring a guy like Cy in. Cy, you tell me, you got some of that stuff, I assume, yeah. that you could just bring with you and incorporate it into the new agency. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, because none of my, my partners here in Jackson, they there was hardly any insurance management experience at all. Two of the partners, is they, they say they were right. covering attorneys. Yeah. So one did insurance defense work, and then, and then another partner, he went, he's not even in the So what you're license. saying is you're so super valuable. I was the only one there that had any type of insurance experience, so we were able to you know, i tell you another that thing together. that helps a lot with is your experience related to hiring people and knowing kind of from 17 years of doing this, who's who you need to hire and who you don't need to hire. 
you know, who's going to be successful, who's not going to be successful. I, that's mm-hmm. in, that to me is invaluable as well. Let let me ask you this. So, and I, and I've often wondered this because I don't I'm not in any partnerships at the moment. Um, and I I got last week got to spend some time with Matt Namoli from GNN Insurance, and I don't know this about them, but I assume this from being around both Matt and Zach is that. They're equal partners, but they have very definitive things that they do, and mm-hmm. one doesn't question the other, generally speaking. Matt has his things. Zach has his things. And I wondered that about a lot of partnerships, and, and I'm going to pose the question to you, Si. Do you guys have, like, hey, this partner handles these things specifically, and other than when we're having, like, a, a powwow, we don't really question the other person's direction and vice versa. Um, and then Cy has certain things that he does and that sort of thing. Because I could see where partnerships become a problem. I guess I am in a partnership with you, but not in my insurance agency. I just contradicted myself. But like like Scott and I, like Scott has certain things he does podcast-wise. I have certain things I do podcast-wise. I handle these things. And we really don't question each other until mm-hmm. it – like maybe like once a quarter, like, hey, what's going on with this? Okay, cool. Have you guys done something like that? Because I could see where in a partnership – there, that's where you could get into some turmoil where you have one partner that these are all the duties this partner does, but I'm going to question everything that he does. Right. You know? Yeah. There's not been really any questioning just because really I was the only one that knew, uh, but we, we did start to notice that uh, a lot of the stuff was getting fallen, taken on, on my plate. So Recently, I guess July 1st, we started implementing the EOS right. traction. Tell our audience a little bit about uh, Yeah, tell our audience a little out. bit about that. So, you mentioned that to me on the phone the other day, and and I'll say this, my agency has implemented some of the EOS system that fits what we do. Uh, as I told you on the phone, we've kind of we've we've bastardized it a little bit, but we're doing it as well. But talk to these agents out there about just, just an overview of, of, of what that is, because there's a lot of people listening to this right now that are like, e- EOS? What the hell is EOS? Now, I'm no expert by no means, so don't take this to, to truth, absolute truth. But So we have another a really close relationship with one of our clients that they've been doing it for seven or eight years, and uh, they're in the logistics industry, and so they've kind of talked to us about it. So we put it together, and, I mean, it's basically, you know, Everybody in the organization has a role and accountability. And so what that does is, you know, whether it's you create a process for ordering supplies or, you know, if I've got a login question that I can't get into a system. So now you know who you need to contact first before you just randomly talk to somebody. So it's just a whole right. efficiency model. And, and guys, listen to me when I say this. If you want to find out more and learn about the EOS system, there's a book that you can download off audible.com called Traction. And that book, uh, there are insurance agencies every day in the U.S. that are implementing the EOS system based on that book, Traction. There are also some EOS coaches out there that can help you implement the EOS system in your agency. So, yeah, we're implementing it in our agency. We've started having a management meeting every Wednesday at 1 o'clock. You know, I've had to tell Bradley, I'm like, look, man, we can podcast on Mondays, we can podcast Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, but Wednesday is kind of that day that's dedicated to staff meeting with everybody, management meeting, which is, you know, implementation of processes and the EOS system where we talk about the things that, you know, that are important to our agency. And I think it's been something that was way overdue in our agency, and it makes everybody feel a little more connected to the agency. rowing in the same direction. Correct. Because what you have without that structure is you have, you know, this person, their goal is this. Mm -hmm. You know, Justin's goal may be to grow his book of business this much. Clint mm-hmm. may be to get his book trimmed down a little bit. And, and, and but so what it does is it collectively brings everybody together and we, we come up with a several big goals that we're trying to hit Correct. and work into those. And therefore, every decision that's made it is look, can contribute to that goal. Right. And, and it's teamwork. Well, it's, and what it's helped us with too is it's almost like owning a business is almost like being in politics. Like, 
everything you do is going to piss somebody off. Mm -hmm. Every single decision you make is going to negatively affect somebody, even if it's just in their head. And what it's done for us is some of those decisions we've had to make, whether it be around, you know, a lot of the issues we have in my agency are centered around technology because I'm someone that likes implementing new technology. And mm -hmm. sometimes my team's like, oh, my God, like, what's, you know, here's mm -hmm. something else we got to use. And so what it's done for us is, one, it's kept me from implementing the new shiny object because, mm -hmm. hey, if this doesn't get us to our goal, we're right. not going to do it. And then on the flip side, if something gets – if something is going to help us, like right now – we're implementing Agency Zoom service pipelines. We're in the beta for that, which, my God, if you guys are on Agency Zoom, <laughs> just wait for the service pipelines. And I haven't had anybody complain about it because right. they know that's going to get us one step closer towards our goal. Right. So, Cy, let's talk a little bit about what you're really good at, okay? I like to talk to agents about what they're really good at because I want the 250,000 insurance agents listening to this if, if I could get one agent a week on this podcast and talk about what, what they're really good at, I think it can help them, them get better at what they do. Because what you're good at might not be what they're good at, right? They, they may be good at something completely different. So we talked about you are really good at the networking, building relationships, long-term relationships. Talk to us a little bit about that and what you're doing now that you've got two agencies and you're kind of floating back and forth to, to continue to do that in your agencies. To, you know, develop a relationship. I mean, it's, it's just being human to me, being able to talk to, talk to anybody, you know, make sure you're the first person to say good morning to somebody when you see them at the coffee shop or, you know, open the door for somebody and, you know, if you put a smile on somebody else's face, they're going to smile right back at you. So I try to make it a point to do that, you know, and just getting involved with the community, taking people to lunch, stuff like that. When you take people to lunch, are you, do you ever go to lunch by yourself or do you always take somebody to lunch with you? And I have a specific reason for asking that because that's something I'm not very good at. If I go out to lunch, really? I'm going with somebody. And it's, it's either a client mm -hmm. that you guys already have on the books or it's somebody that, Maybe you want to earn their business and you just want to get to know them on a personal level a little more. Yeah, pretty so, much. Lunch is a lot right, cheaper than dinner, right, too. Yeah. So what else are you guys doing in your new agency to, you know, I'm assuming you said scratch agency. So y'all are going to be having to bail as much water as you can to build premium up as fast as you can. Guys, I tell you this all the time. Listen to Scott. Don't listen to anybody else. The money in the insurance business is in renewals. It is not in new business. Yep. You want to get those renewals up there as high as you can possibly get them. And one day, if you do that long enough and you do it en uh, enough of it every month, you will live the lifestyle that you've always wanted to live. But the money in the insurance business is in renewals. I had a conversation yesterday. We're doing interviews right now. Which, by the way, if anybody knows a badass producer in Alabama, Come on. send them my way unless they're in Huntsville. Portal, um, portal insurance. Hell, I'll send them down here anyway. And uh, I was conducting interviews yesterday, and, and one of the things I talk about in the interview is our, our core values. And one of our core values is we always play the long game. And I clarify that with them. I say, here's what I mean by the long game. If you're in car sales, if you're in real estate sales, if you're in mortgages, what, whatever, pretty much any kind of sales, 99% of sales, if you want to hard sell that client mm -hmm. and never see them again, you can do that. Right. And you can do that in insurance too. However, my margins, this is exactly how I say it in the interview, my margins do not work for us to write somebody and keep them one year. Correct. So therefore, when we are selling that client, we have to have that client's best interest at heart, not our own. So we're worried about how it affects us eight years from now, right. not today. Guys, the commission in insurance is way too low for you to keep somebody one time. <laughs> like I would rather write 80% less business and keep 97% of that 80% than write 20% more and have horrible retention. Right. That's exactly right. Because... If you've got them coming in the front, and that's one of the areas that we're focused on this year is how to slam that back door shut. Because if you can slam that back door shut mm -hmm. and you're riding $300,000, $500,000 a month in green new premium, it ain't going to be long before you're making yeah. bo boy dog money. But you've got to slam the door shut. And when I say slam the door shut, 
I think that getting into that 92, 95, 93% retention, you're not never going to keep them all. That's just not going to happen. That's not feasible. But, boy, if you can get into that mid-90s on retention ratio, woo-wee, you're about to be dangerous if you're writing a lot of green new business. But there's a strategy to that. Am I correct, Si? There's a strategy that you have to implement in your agency on – how are we going to crash that back door and keep that thing shut? Bolt lock the back door to keep people from walking out the back door. What do you guys have a strategy over there that you can talk a little bit about today? Yeah. I mean, one thing that we're, we're doing is we found it kind of goes back to that relationship yep. building. You know, when we first started, you know, we would go out and meet with real estate agents and, and bankers and mortgage brokers, and we would actually mm. go as a team. So we would roll Entourage. five people in there. <laughs> <laughs> and talk to them yeah so you know we did that and the first one we went to one of the realtors made a comment she said we've been in business for you know three or four years over here and she said y'all are the first insurance agency mm-hmm. that's come and visited mm-hmm. us and so that was kind of a shocker to us so we take a proactive approach as far as retaining that business. We won't, you know, we've got campaigns and stuff that we run, different touch points uh, that we're front of mind throughout the whole yeah. process. Yeah, I think touch points throughout the year, birthday calls, calling at some point to, even if it's just to update information. I'm going to tell you another big one too. And I have implemented this in my agency. If you have a client that has a bad claim, and as Bradley knows, I get about 10 bad claims a week because I put that out there to people that we all know on Facebook Messenger. I have my Scott Howell claim of the day. But if somebody has a bad claim, you as the principal agent, one thing I try to do and that I've implemented in my agency is I've told my, my claims manager, I said, If it's a bad claim, I'm not talking about a little fender bender in the Walmart parking lot, okay? Mm. I'm talking about somebody got hurt, fire, fire, you know, something something where when she is the claims manager kind of hears it in their voice, you need to let me know because it means so much to people Mm -hmm. when the principal agent picks up the phone and calls and says, how you doing? Tell me about, tell me about this. Are you doing, are you okay? First thing out of my mouth, I tell people this all the time. Don't care what the claim is. First, cl- first sentence out of your mouth as a claims manager needs to be, are you okay? Mm-hmm. Is everybody all right? But uh, it means so much to them. And, and conversely to that, I, had, I have about two or three people a month that will tell me the same story that they had a claim and their principal agent didn't even pick up the phone and call them. And, and then, so, so then that agency's losing yeah. altitude because – that person perceives that we had a pretty bad claim and my agent didn't even pick up the phone and call and see if I was okay. What you have to be empathetic towards as an agent is that, you know, you having a client that whose house burns down today mm-hmm. is one of a few times that's going to happen. Maybe, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe fire is not a good example. Let's say they have a water leak in the attic. Okay. That's just another claim to you. Right. You deal with that 15 times a year. Correct. It's not going to affect the way you sleep tonight, generally speaking. Exactly. It's not, you know, on the scale of, of zero to 10 of an anxiety level, it might be a four. Right. Okay. To that customer. Biggest thing in their it's life. It's the, the worst thing they've ever dealt with in that Abs- moment. And, absolutely. And as insurance agents, we have to be empathetic towards mm. the fact that, hey, this is a really bad moment in this person's life. And even if I have to fake it, I need to... I need to show them that it's as bad to me, air quotes, as it is to them. Correct. And you can even use, I've even used the fact that I deal with stuff Mm -hmm. more than they do to their advantage. In other words, this is what I mean, because no matter the claim, typically it's awful in their mind. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the whole thing, like no matter how bad of a day you're having, God can show you, you can have a worse day. Absolutely. It's kind of that, that, that kind of thing. And so I've actually used that and I'll tell people, hey, look. Don't take this the wrong way, but I deal with this 10 times a month. Mm-hmm. You're going to be okay. Right. And right. it almost settles them down a little bit. Right. You know, so I'm not saying hide the fact that it's routine for you, mm-hmm. but you just have to be aware that you as an agent can deal with stuff in a very systematic way because you deal with it a lot and the customer is perceiving that as you don't care. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you something else, Cy, that I've realized as I started from yeah. less than scratch and now I think we just hit about 
Well, we'll end the year at about eight million in premium, December thirty-one of twenty twenty-one. But the bigger you get, you better have a a process in place. If you get too big, that you can't make have you know be making that phone call because you know you you've got you know maybe you've got twenty of those claims a, a month. You better have some process in place whereby. If you can't make that call, somebody in your agency, and it needs to be somebody who is, as, as Bradley said a minute ago, empathetic, listening ear, hey, I'm calling on behalf of iProtect Insurance, and we just want to know if you're okay. Uh, you better have something in place and somebody that's doing that because that means a lot to people. And, and as I've always told everybody since the first day of this podcast, we're not here to take people's money. We're here, and we make our money because people have bad claims, and that's what they buy insurance for, and we cannot ever forget that. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree 100%, especially on Bradley's part. You know, you know, he brought up, you know, empathy on, on the claims, but I think we have to show that in mm. the sales and the mm. service aspect, too. Just because, you know, we're making auto policy changes and home changes – Mm-hmm. all day long that customer right. they're not making that many and so they don't understand our process we've got to make sure basically it's all educating up front so you got to let, let them know what to expect so that they're not waiting they're like they're so used to having everything right now which right. is another issue in our industry but we got to make sure that they know what to expect from well, us. well it goes back to what i've always told my people we have to all remember we deal with insurance every single day. That's all we do is insurance, insurance, insurance. It's all we think about. It's all we talk about. If we're not talking about it, we're thinking about it. And to all these people out there across the United States of America, I think we're at about 350 million people in the U.S., the majority of them don't talk about insurance, think about insurance until – Something comes up, whether it's a billing account that got screwed up or a letter that gets crossed in the mail. They've already made the payment, but the payment was a day or two late, and they get this warning letter from the carrier where the – you know what I'm talking about, where you get that cross-up there where, you know, if you don't make your payment by August the 1st, your <laughs> policy's going to cancel. Well, they made the payment a couple of days late, so they sent out this warning letter, and – now they're calling us going, is my insurance canceled? So it's, it's those times, and of course claims and, and other things, but it's those times that those people have insurance on their brain. But every other time of the month, any month, they're not thinking about insurance. They're not, that's the last thing on their mind, the last thing on their mind. So we have to, to take into that into consideration when we're, when we're dealing with these people. I tell you a question I want to ask you that I've had a lot of agents seem to like when I ask this question. If I closed my eyes today, and I think you might have even brought this up to me one time and said, man, I love it when you do this. I, I think you may have been the one that said this to me. I don't know. But take me through your two offices. Your office in, in Alamo, if I walked in the front door, what am I seeing? If I close my eyes and, and look, you know, you take me through it and show me. What what am I seeing in your Alamo office and then your Jackson office? So the Alamo office, you're going to walk in and it's going to be what you would think when you walk into your small rural community mm-hmm. insurance office. Are y'all in a house, you a know, building? Uh, Are y'all in a wood house, paneling. a building? Uh, we're in a building right across from mm. the courthouse. I mean, we're right on town square. So we, we actually still get a lot of mm-hmm. a walk-in traffic, but you know, it's your, you know, it's your local sure. independent agency that, you know, was in every Absolutely. town growing up. Haven's a little bit different. Everybody's kind of like in individual offices and there's no receptionist up front. You know, our phones work off a, off a phone tree and everybody's mm-hmm. a lot more mobile in that office. And so it's, mm-hmm. it's completely different. Mm-hmm. So in your Alamo office, did you say you have a lot of walk-in traffic? Is that right? And did you yes. say you do or don't have a receptionist there? We, we do have okay. a receptionist so there, yes. So we've got somebody there to greet Director them of First that. Impressions. Oh. President. Of President. Impressions. President of First Impressions. You know, we that's something we've been dealing with in our agency and, and uh, we're still dealing with is, 
you know, do we have the right person as our director of first impressions? Do we need to upgrade in that particular area? I think it's probably no position in your organization, especially in a small town where you do have a lot of people that may be coming in to pay a bill or make a change and things like that. But boy, that person, she's your gatekeeper. She's your that she's the first impression that people get when they call your agency, and it's so important. I just think that is so important. So your other agency that you just you know become a partner in, where did you say that one was located? So we're actually in an old renovated Ooh, bank building. That's cool. Uh, on a second floor, and we actually we share office space with okay. another company. So like they've got half of the building. And we've got the other half. There's a state farm agent in Pensacola that bought a a bank building with a drive-through and has a drive-through for payments. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Keep the foot traffic, which again, the downside would be you can't really sell them life insurance and stuff if they're in a drive-through. Yeah. I bet you could. Yeah. You could at least start the conversation and as you're putting their receipt in the, in the bank box to get, you know, the, the teller box, you could say, Hey, by the way, who you got your life insurance with? Uh, an application, put it through the little yeah, yeah. Thing slip them a slip them yeah, a life put, put, put it in that little box that goes at the speed of sound out to your car. So, <laughs> so you're only supposed to put so many rolls of quarters in the little bank vacuum things. Right. My mom worked at First National Bank in Atmore back when I before I was born, and she had started there, and it was her first day, and everybody was running around like crazy because somebody got the bank sucker thing. Stuck, uh, yeah. And they said, "Well, who's the customer?" And they said it was Clayton Flowers oh. again, which was my granddad. Oh my gosh! <laughs> hey, Cy, the second office that you got, where did you tell me it was located at? Was it in Jackson? Okay, it's in Jackson. So yeah. I've always been a negative nilly when it comes to second floor insurance agencies. I've always thought this is just my perception, but I'm like, I would never want to have an insurance office on a second floor. And today when people, we don't have as much walk-in business as say we did even 10 years ago, I don't know that I still have that perception. So having, having one in Alamo, that's more of that hometown feel versus second floor in Jackson, maybe you can help my perception there. Do you like one more than the other, or do you feel like they're just kind of both insurance offices now? Well, both agencies are different. So, I mean, they kind of focus on different things. So uh, the one in Alamo, you know, it it focuses on that small town feel. So Mm -hmm. I think that's what you need. Agency in Jackson, I mean, we have no walk-in traffic. We don't handle any cash. I mean, so we could be on the eighth floor. It's not going to really matter for that office. So, yeah, I mean, I like it both. It gives a different feel. But yeah, they both work for each office. Works out. Perfectly. We had an interview we were given last night, and we were interviewing someone that works for another agency. Uh, and I can't wait for all the mobile people listening to this try to figure out who it was. <laughs> and the person was complaining about walk-ins, and I said, "Do you know when the last walk-in we had was?" She said, "When?" I said, two and a half months ago." Mm-hmm. And I remember who it was. <laughs> if we get that few, what we're totally set up. If you want yeah. to be a walk-in customer, we are not the agency for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the way I like it. I would, I would pull my hair out in a walk-in. But the flip side of that is is my wife loves that. Mm-hmm. She likes seeing her customers and giving them the cup of coffee and being warm and fuzzy and mm-hmm. all that. And that is awesome. Right. It's not our model. Correct. We're not trying to be the hometown agency. Well, hey, I'll tell you this. Hey, I'll take you one step further. Get you about a 78-year-old with all cash, no checking account, no email address, and try to put that some bitch with state auto. <laughs> See how that works for you. That ain't happening. That ain't happening. I guess Liberty Mutual now. Yeah, I, yeah, Liberty. We'll we'll have to talk about on that on another podcast. Yeah. But yeah. you you know, Safeco, one right. of the Safeco Auto. Uh, uh, on that note, you just reminded me of something funny that happened. So we had, and and, and, it, and it proves the point that like. Because the first thing people assume about my agency when I tell them, and that person I interviewed last night did, oh, you want young millennials. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, that would be great mm-hmm. because they, they know how to use all our tech. But right. no, 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 no. Like, old people use technology. Right. Old people text. Old people have smartphones now. 
Okay, mm-hmm. and I don't mean to be derogatory by saying old people, older people, people my age. No, no, I'm talking older than you. <clears throat> so we had a guy who had to be 78 mm-hmm. that didn't come in to pay, but at our, when we were at our old location, every now and then would instead of he lived down the street instead of calling in, he would just stop by the office, which is fine. Okay, not that we want that happening ten times a day, but it's fine. And he comes in, and we're and we're thinking, well, what's he want? And he's like, hey, he's like, my, my Glovebox app is not working. I'll be damned. That is a true story. And it wasn't Glovebox's problem. It was a carrier. But, like, that's how he, like, he was like, it's not working. I need help with my Glovebox app. So, like, I was like, so that proves all the people that are like, well, Bradley can only write people that are under 40. Right. Like, no, just because, I mean, yes, are you going to segment yourself out by having the second floor office? Absolutely. But as long as you train people the way you want them to do business with you, I think you're fine, you know? And I think there, there's something to be said for both. Sorry to interrupt you. Well, and and to that point, Insurance Guys podcast sponsored by Glovebox. That's guys, the need to tell that story. Guys, go out today. I had a guy call me. This is a true story. Had a guy, to, to Bradley's story, had a guy call me, good friend of mine, called me Saturday afternoon. He was buying a new car at a car lot. He said, hey, man, I don't even know who I'm insured with. Can you get me an ID card as far as the carrier? He knew he was with us. And uh, I said, well, yeah, I can get you an ID card, but why don't you do me a favor? He's about my age. He's, mm-hmm. you know, not old, but he's not a millennial either. And uh, I said, why don't you do me a favor? I said, you got your iPhone with me, with you? And he said, yeah. And I said, uh, go download the Glovebox app, and we'll get you the policy number. And then once you download the, the app, you put the policy number or your information in there, and you'll have yeah. everything that you need moving forward. And he did call me back. He said, man, I down that. He said, that app's pretty slick. Did you do that? And I said, hell no, I didn't do that. You think I'm smart enough to do that? But my point is this, guys. We are sponsored by Glovebox. They are a fantastic company. Andy and Ryan are good people. Go out today, not telling you you have to have it, not telling you you have to have it, but I am telling you you have to go at least demo Glovebox. And, and sign up for the $100 million agency. God, I would love contest. for them to do that for me. That would be so fantastic. It's what every independent yeah. agent needs as yeah. far as a mobile app. Well, That's what it is. To, when you talk to people that come from Geico, come from Progressive, come from State Farm, and you question them, what did you like? Because we do that. Like, what did you like about Geico? What did you like about State Farm? If you make them name three things, one of those three things is going to be the ease of the app, right? If not number one, so mm-hmm. why if you're compete if you're an agency that's competing with those folks, mm-hmm. you're gonna have to have something like that. What's mm-hmm. your what's your adoption rate among your customers? That is a fantastic question. I think we're at about thirty to thirty five percent right now. Yeah. We're at twenty. 20- 2528 and and Ryan told me that was high and see we have in my agency we have a ton of surplus mm-hmm. that can't even sign up right so that percentage if we only did direct bill would be even higher than mm-hmm. that I will say this the your adoption rate on Glovebox is going to be uh correlated with how much you're sending stuff out to your clients yeah. you know asking them to sign up mm-hmm. uh you know I was talking to my operations manager the other day and we both agreed that we needed to start sending out maybe some slick postcards followed up with emails i think if you did that over a six-month period of time and just drip that you could probably get that adoption rate up to more like 50 percent if you did that outside of uh, what Glovebox does, and they do a very good job with onboarding. Uh, we send them a text message. I think it's like day three mm-hmm. with a link to download it and instructions. Right. Um, that's pretty much all we do to get our twenty eight percent. But uh, it's it's been it's been really really good for a lot of our customers. Um, the ability to have their ID cards there and link mm-hmm. everything up. And the other thing is, you guys may not know this. Let's say you have a customer that you write their home. Mm-hmm. But they have their auto with Allstate, right? And with the Allstate agent down the street, and they don't want to move their autos over. They can still use your app, correct? And they can still link <laughs> that Allstate policy up on there, right? And I'm just going to leave that at that. With, yeah, right. With the benefit to that, but the way we position is like, hey, you don't have to be a portal customer to use the portal app. And the, the the people are like, oh my gosh, that's so awesome! You guys are doing this for people, and my competition's like, son of a gun, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, we we use use Glovebox too. We've got like an eighteen in one office and like a twenty four percent rate in the other office. And two quick stories on them: we had a uh, first week we had it, we had a guy 
that filled out the form online about wanting to add a motorcycle. I mean, yep. just yep. like that. And then a couple of weeks ago, I had a lady, we moved over from Geico. And as soon as we got done, she's like, now, do they have an app? I was like, well, right. we've got an app. So walked her through the process. And it's yeah. one of those things, technology. too, what we're going to do eventually is if somebody needs to make a change, mm-hmm. is we're going to actually direct them to the app. Right. I don't want to do it at the expense of customer service, but hey, Miss Jones, will you do me a favor? Do you have the app downloaded? Mm-hmm. Okay, no, download that. Here's how you do it. All right, now will you go in and put that service request in? That way everything flows in through there because I think it's very important to train your people the way you want them to do business with you and reward the behavior you want. Correct. Don't reward the behavior you don't want. That's another thing you could do too, guys. Listen to me. If you do use the Glovebox app, you could do some type of giveaway mm-hmm. or – uh, college football tickets. If you live in Arkansas, you know it could be you know you get a SEC downloads the app gets put into yeah. a drawing for a, for a you know college football game or something. And I think if you did something with a giveaway that was meaningful enough, which doesn't have to be ten thousand dollar trip to Hawaii, but you know something Weber Grill. If you or, are doing that, let me know. I'll move my insurance over to the agency. <laughs> But something like that and send that email out, blast that out to your client base, maybe with a bomb bomb video of you talking about, hey, we've got a pretty slick mobile app. And if you'll download the mobile app and let me know that you download it, you're going to be entered into a drawing to go to a Kenny Chesney concert next month or something it's like that. Specific. Right. Well, I'm just throwing things out there. Hey, Cy, before we let you go, I got one last question for you. You're an insurance agent. You've been doing it 17 years. You've been there, done that, got the T-shirt, been to the rodeo, seen the clowns. What are you guys utilizing as far as technology in your agencies right now in terms of management systems, CRM, technology? What, what, what are you guys doing over there? Right now, we're using Hawksoft for our agency management system. We've got Glovebox and then... We're still in between agency Zoom and better agency mm-hmm. as far as CRM. So we're using Neoteric for some video proposals. Of course, ePay policy, and I think that's about yeah, it right now. I would say our agencies are very similar in terms of technology. We utilize Hawksoft in our agency as well. You know, I always tell people, Hawksoft's like that old uh, uh, your grandma, your grandmama, and your granddaddy's old Buick. It, it ain't gonna do anything flashy, but it just works. <laughs> and my people, you know, we we we're not <laughs> gonna be sending anybody to space anytime soon. We need something that's reliable, uh, that works, that you know you can do the things you need to do on without having you know to to to, to spend. Uh, you know, four years in a master's degree program to figure out how to use. So we did that. We utilize, uh, we utilize agency zoom for our CRM. You know, we tried, we tried out the better agency platform and I love those guys and what they're doing over there. I think they've got, they've got something real special going on. Uh, unfortunately, I think pretty quick in that process, um, you know, Hawksoft and Better Agency just kind of decided that that probably wasn't going to be a real good fit for each other. So since we couldn't do the, you know, the, the integration that we needed to do, we, we chose uh, Agency Zoom for our CRM. And, boy, I'll tell you what, we have, and Bradley's done this too, but we've used CAT over at Agency Zoom to help us with a lot of our integrations that we're doing now that are pretty slick, automations, things like that, Zapier integrations. And uh, that has been tremendous. And then, of course, Glovebox. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, because you can, you can do some really cool stuff if you get with them and, and I was, dial it to, in. Not to name drop, but I was at Agency Zoom's office last week. I forgot about and, that. I uh, forgot you. While I was, I was there with Andrew Ryan and Kat was there and we went to lunch. And while we were there, she was going back and forth with Justin yeah, about right. some automations, which was kind of funny. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and so... Uh, we utilize Glovebox for our mobile app. I'm trying to think what else. We're still utilizing Rocket Referrals for you know Google reviews and testimonials and things that go. And our testimonials, if you go to www.iprotectinsurance.com, our testimonials go straight to our website and go on the home screen of our website. So when you pull up iprotect.com, 
you, you know, Mike Stromso talks about social recognition, people seeing that other people like your mm-hmm. business. So we yeah. have that on our home screen. It just starts scrolling through all of the testimonials that we get, one right after another, after another, after another. We utilize that. I'll tell you another thing that we've really kind of uh, still uh, utilize in our agency and they used to be a sponsor, I think, of the podcast. What is the prospecting platform? Colex Dates. Colex Dates. We still utilize Colex Dates. Yes, yes. They what? They're still sponsored? They were our first sponsor. First sponsor, yeah. We Te- well, technically, Thrice Beard Oil was our first sponsor, but they just gave us some product. So I'm going to get her on the podcast. She doesn't know this, but Jessica Miller in my agency uh, makes 30 to 35 cold calls a day. I may try to have her really? on the podcast tomorrow. It'll be and fun. have her do some live cold calls. No, no, I, I, I've got I've got them recorded. Okay. That's why I wanted to have her on the podcast. Is, is I that legal to, to play that? Is it if we delete the I mean uh, the person's name the person's yeah. name? I don't see why it would be a problem. But Jessica is getting about a thirty percent callback rate off of Colex dates leads. So out of one hundred that she calls. 30 of those call back agents just sat up in their chair when you said that's right i want to listen to this episode yeah yeah right 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 yeah yes she is tremendous probably one of the top personal lines new business agents in the entire country i uh i've told her this and i'll tell everybody else ain't nobody that that would not hire her to sell uh green new business for them especially but those are just some of the platforms we're utilizing i don't know anything else that you guys are using but but that's kind of what we're doing right now and I, it's funny that our agencies are very similar in the technologies that we use. Yeah, Hawksoft's great. I mean, one thing that really attracted me to them was if you make a mistake, Correct. it's pretty easy to Correct. fix it. Mm-hmm. And we make a lot of them. Let's end the podcast. Bradley, tell everybody where Scythe and myself and you are going to be at the end of July. Today is, I believe, July the 14th, if I'm not mistaken. Tell everybody where we're going to be at the end of the month because they need to know this. Yeah, we're going to be with Cy. With Cy. At right. the Young Agents Conference for the Insurers of Tennessee. Um, and the date for that is Scott and I are coming into town on the 28th. Uh, we are going to be there the 29th and the 30th. So on the 29th, I think there's going to be some panel stuff and a podcast. I'm giving a keynote on culture on the 30th. I think you're going to do something that day as well. Um, yeah, they're having hammer, this... hammer drunk and do fake business behind the <laughs> hotel desk over there at the front desk. I'm going to have uh, <laughs> we're, we're going to have they're going to have this podcast row thing where it's going to be kind of like like radio row at the draft, I believe, mm-hmm. or at Super Bowl maybe. Uh, I don't I don't really know. I'm not privy to that. But Scott and I, uh, David Carruthers, Ashley Fitzsimmons, Sidney Rowe, Olivia Schmidt. So really, really, really good lineup. It's going to be a lot of fun. Super excited to go back to the Insurers of Tennessee. It's a very well-run organization. One of my favorite state associations. Did you? So. Uh, let me ask you a question. Did you ever figure out when we're on Radio Row doing our podcast, are they going to allow me to get into one of my alter egos while I'm there? Like Elvis or one of those? Or, Maybe. We yeah. can find out. Okay. Well, guys. So, so I can probably run that up the flagpole. <laughs> flagpole. Do whatever. Do whatever don't want. say that. Yeah, do not let him do anything that, he wants to do. Yeah, that 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 I'll show up in a damn red speedo with a lifeguard yeah. t-shirt it's, on. It's, I'm really excited for it because it's our first one back from COVID. Like this right. is the first live event we've done since COVID together. And not only is it that, but it's the first state association Scott and I ever did was the insurers right. of Tennessee. So it's kind of like not only is it validation for for the value we bring to a conference because they're having us back, mm-hmm. but it's going to be fun to see all those people. And it's at Dollywood. Uh, so my my buddy uh, Grant that does our video work uh, is a big Disney World guy. He, he's a he's an annual pass holder. He goes about five times a year. Mm. And he had never been to Dollywood. And I said, I'm taking you to Discount Disney World, dude. Let's go. Come on. So he's going to be there <laughs> filming and, and all that. Hey, so it'll be a lot of fun. Can I ask a question? Do we have to interview a person in person at Radio Row, or can we have like David Hasselhoff on, like as a guest on, like you know, we, we are we are interviewing different several different people. It's okay. going to be like a one after the other kind okay. of thing. Okay, I think there's going to be some folks we pick, uh, and then also. Uh, I think the insurers of Tennessee is going to be selecting a few agents. So if you're an agent listening to this that's a member of the insurers of Tennessee and going to be there, 
reach out to Cy or reach out to someone at that association and say, hey, I'd love to do that. Or reach out to us, and we can we can make that happen. That's fantastic. Yeah. Look forward. Hey, hey, Cy, I look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks, brother. We can break bread and drink some whiskey together. I'm looking forward to that. Sounds good. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good time, and I appreciate y'all coming. And I think when y'all first came, y'all were the only breakout session that ever went like an hour <laughs> over its time slot. So, but uh, it's one of those th- we were. I think it was we pretty well last, received. So. We were the last one. There was there was nothing after us. Just to clarify, because I don't want other state associations to be listening. It's like, oh my god, I'm not gonna book those guys. We were at like four o'clock, and there wasn't an event till like eight. Mm-hmm. And when I speak, if there's nobody after me, and I'm not going to be imposing on anyone, as long as people are there and listening and asking questions, I stay. I keep going. Well, I just appreciate, it, I, pr- I appreciate uh, Tennessee having us back, man. That's that means a lot to me. So thank you, absolutely, guys. I'm going to shut this thing down as I always like to end the podcast. Rewards come from action, not discussion. Get your ass out from behind that desk today and go out into the big bad world. Quit running TPS reports and looking at scorecard bonuses and all this other crazy shit and your freaking uh, Ethereum account on SoFi. Go out into the big bad world and go eat lunch with prospects, your clients, team members. Go out into the big bad world and sell insurance, make money for your family, for your husband, your wife, your kid's college fund your parents that are out there struggling today, go make money for them. Go make the kind of money that you need to make to live the life that you've always wanted to live. The end, write good business for the agencies that you represent and write good business for the companies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Thanks, dude. Thanks, Thanks, I. Hey, guys, you are listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, and I apologize for this thing being a little late. Bradley and I have got three more to do this afternoon, and we look forward to seeing each and every one of you real soon. And thank you so much for being a part of our family here at the Insurance Guys podcast. See you soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at iprotectins at gmail.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to bradleyflowersinsurance.com or email him at bradley at sarahlandinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to being with you again real soon on the next episode of the Insurance Guys. Take care.